What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Kendall Callaway here, back with another episode, man. Apologies for the two and a half week, maybe three week absence, man. Uh, The app has been having some malfunctions and the drafts uh, and the recordings that I had before did not go through. So now I'm redoing them on an updated scale. We got a very, very, very good episode today, man. We got a lot to cover, man. We got NBA news. We got the recap of the draft that just happened uh, Thursday. We got some NFL news for the first time in a long time. And, of course, we already know we got uh, UFC news. We got some big, big news coming with that. So stick around, man, and stay tuned. I promise you, you'll love this one. And as usual, this instrument is going to run, man. We're going to get right into it. Westbrook. And the move he has made. Man, I don't know about y'all, man, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be discussing this stuff because there's some very very good news and some great moves been made and i feel like it's more to come because the offseason is just not getting started so let's get right into it man russell westbrook is on the move again if you don't know now you know the lakers acquired russell westbrook from the washington wizards in exchange for russ and i believe two second round picks for 2022 and 2024 the lakers give up kyle kuzma montrez Harrell, kentavis Caldwell pope and the number 22 pick that they just had in the draft. So, I mean, as stated, man, Russ is on the move again, man. Uh, he was just a Washington uh, Wizard. He was just a Houston Rocket before that. And a lot of people are wondering, uh, you know, <clears throat> what's next for Russ? Is the Lakers a long-term move, you know, because he is a L.A. guy? Me personally, I do not believe that it is. I just feel like on the Lakers side of things, they want to compete for the championship. They got bounced out in the first round this year. You know, injuries played a part in it. We understand that. But as far as that roster, it just wasn't put together very well as far as a supporting cast to go along with, you know what I'm saying, LeBron and AD. But you add Russ to that, now you have the second big three in the league behind Brooklyn's big three. And once again, it immediately makes you not only a playoff contender, but a contender for that title, a contender for that NBA championship. But more importantly, the pressure is on Russell more than ever right now. The pressure is all the way on Russell Westbrook, and here's why. The duo of LeBron and AD has already got it done. They've won the NBA title. LeBron has been an NBA champion before. When it comes down to when you're playing alongside LeBron, you know that winning is really the only option. You know what I'm saying? Um, Despite what LeBron's final record may be, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is a guy that you most likely are going to see competing late in June. You know? So the pressure on Russ is as high as it ever been because... Now you have to really step to the table. Now you have to really come with everything that you got. Play your best brand of basketball. You know, 
for the past two or three uh, seasons, one thing we've said about Russ that I hear a lot is he has a good first half of the season, but then he has an MVP-like second half of the season. Then going into the playoffs, you know, he just doesn't play his best brand of basketball. I believe that playing alongside LeBron will help that out, though. You know what I'm saying? Just due to what LeBron brings to the table and, and, and how he makes everybody else around him better. So, I do believe that Russ would be successful in L.A. And I believe the move is 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 a good move for the Lakers. Also, these offseason moves, you're going to jump right into them. And then we're going to get into our draft recap uh, just to discuss a few of them. The Celtics acquire Josh Richardson from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Dallas freeing up, I believe, about 11 mil, maybe to 12, in uh, cap space. I was telling my brother uh, the minute that that trade went through, Dallas is looking to make some moves. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they know that they have to free up some cap space to do that. It's not a lot of teams that have a lot of cap room, you know what I'm saying, for the players who will be um, free agents. But moving Josh Richardson is beneficial for both teams, as you know what I'm saying, Dallas frees up some cap space. And um, Boston just adds depth. I mean, when you look at them in the playoffs uh, and leading up to it when they lost Jalen Brown, um, they just they just missed, missed maybe one more player. You know, coming off the bench or, you know, somebody who could take uh sliding and take Jalen's uh, role. And, you know, they just kind of lack depth, you know. Uh, adding Josh Richardson, a guy who can defend. He can play one, two, and three. He can defend one through three. You know, it just adds depth to, you know, what Boston already had there. So, expect Dallas to make a move for possibly another guard. You know, somebody who can take the load off of Luka. I believe Kyle Lowry is a guy that they're looking to, you know, go at so we'll see about that man uh also ricky rubio has been traded to the cleveland cavaliers and the Sixers are still open to trading ben simmons i know that they were uh, listening to deals um before draft night um the night of draft night i me personally i just feel like what they are expecting is a little bit more you know i i I don't understand why they're expecting a Harden-like deal for Ben Simmons. And, you know, my brother, he 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 gets on me because I defend Ben Simmons, and I have been defending Ben Simmons. But at this point, when you look at this recent playoff run, Ben Simmons has made me a lie. Ben Simmons has made me look like a complete fool for defending him, but I'm still going to defend him because I do believe that he is a very talented player. You know, I just feel like it was a rough year and he has some things that, you know, he needs to change about his game. But what Philly wants in return for Ben Simmons, I believe, is just too much right now. Ben Simmons is not worth that at the moment. You know, he's not worth what Houston got for James Harden, you know. So that's going to have to change. That's going to have to change. Um, but all in all, keep, you know what I'm saying, keep your eyes open, keep Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Ben Simmons still may be on the move or, you know, Philly may look to keep him. And on to this draft recap, man. It was a great, great draft. I was very excited about this draft as well. Uh, this draft right here is a very, very special one. But before we get into this draft recap, 
We're gonna take a small short break. Let me sip this water and we're gonna jump right into it, man. Stay tuned. All right, man, this is how the draft recap is gonna go. I'm gonna go through the top 15 picks, and then after the top 15 picks, I'm gonna go into the sleeper picks and what I felt was the most important picks. Man, we'll be here all day if we if I go through all 60 picks, man. So we're not gonna do that. We just you know what I'm saying, we're just gonna go over top 15, pretty much the lottery picks and what I felt uh and who I felt were the sleeper and the more important picks. So let's get right into it, man. We all know who was the number one pick, man. We knew that going into the draft, we and, and we know that after the draft. The Pistons selected K. Cunningham, 6'8", guard wing, out of Oklahoma State. And I feel like, you know, with as much talent as it is in this draft, K. was the only pick, you know what I'm saying, that made the most sense for Detroit right now. You know, Detroit has made some good and decent draft picks over the last few years, but the pick that they were missing were their, uh, was their centerpiece pick, you know, somebody who – you know what I'm saying, can change your franchise around, you know, and in the future, build around. And Kay Cunningham was that guy. Number two was Jalen Green. He was drafted by the Houston Rockets, and I love this pick for Houston. Uh, I feel like Houston could have gone either way uh, as far as uh, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. It, it was really just off of who they felt would be their centerpiece guy as well. And they believe that it's Jalen Green, man, you know, you get somebody like Jalen Green, uh, who's an explosive athlete, a very, very capable shot creator and shot maker, um, very, very talented on the offensive end, uh, can score on all three levels. So, you know, Houston lacked that on that big losing streak that they had um, this past season. You know, they lack guys who can really score. And, you know, if they keep a John Wall and – you put him in a backcourt with Jalen Green, you know, some good things can happen, man. So, and then, you know, you also got Kevin Porter Jr. who's still there. Kenya Martin Jr. looked very, very well in his first season. So, good solid pick for Houston. Third on, third, the third pick, man, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. A lot of people understood the pick and some people uh, didn't. I completely understand it. Um, you get pretty much like a two-headed monster when it comes down to him. And Jared Allen, you got two guys who can rebound uh, and can uh, definitely protect the rim. What you get from Evan Mobley, you get a guy who can score on all three levels as well. And, uh, you know, he's just, at that time, early in the draft, you take the best available guy. And, uh, you know, Cleveland did, the, Cleveland did the right thing. You know, Evan Mobley was that guy. The number four pick, Scotty Barnes. Uh, Toronto Raptors. I was a little shocked by this pick. Um, I knew that it could be a possibility, but I definitely felt that, you know, they would take uh, Jalen Suggs just due to the fact that Kyle Lara seems that, you know, he's out the door and that, you know, he'll be moving on. And, you know, I just felt like that they would take somebody, pick somebody that'll be there to take his uh, place. And I just feel like Jalen Suggs was that guy. But Scotty Barnes is, you know, just as good as a pick, man. Scotty Barnes is a forward and a wing who can play one through four, sometimes one through five. Very, very athletic and and, and mobile on the defensive end. Can run the floor. Um, can handle the ball. It's a great pick for um, the Raptors. You know, in the way you get another, you know, you get another OG and a Nobi with 
Scotty Barnes, but a guy who can handle the ball a little bit uh, better. You know, a 3 and D type of guy. You know, he's very, very versatile, so solid pick. With the fifth pick, the Orlando Magic selected Jalen Suggs. Love this pick for Orlando. Jalen Suggs is that guy. You know, if you know me, you know I'm a big fan of Jalen Suggs. Been watching him since mini ha-ha in high school. And seeing him at Gonzaga, seeing what he did uh, during the playoff run up until, you know, they got smacked by Baylor. But all in all, Jalen Suggs is another guy. 6'4", 6'5", guard, athletic. Very, very good on the defensive end. Um, very, very good in transition. He can definitely speed that Orlando roster up. Uh, the only thing about Jalen Suggs, you know, getting to the league, possibly want to um, work on his half-court offense and playmaking there. But all in all, you know, it's a good solid pick for um, the Magic, man. Just can't beat that, you know. Suggs was the best available guy. He fits uh, very well. Uh, when you look at their roster, you get a Jonathan Isaac back, and, you know, you got Mo Bump and those guys there. So, good pick. Number six, man, the sixth pick, man, the Oklahoma City Thunder take Josh Giddy from Australia. If you're not familiar with Josh Giddy, you know what I'm saying, go check him out, man. Can definitely play, uh, play some balls. About six, seven, six, eight guard. We can run the floor. Um... Underrated defender, in my opinion, but all in all, a solid player. Did not expect Giddy to go this high, though. Did not expect him to go um, top 10, honestly. This pick, I expected Kuminga here. I expected the Thunder to take Jonathan Kuminga. Um, just off of, I felt, you know what I'm saying, Kuminga skillfully was the best available guy, you know. Um, <clears throat> but Josh Giddy is also a very solid pick. You know, you get somebody who can take the load off of a shy Gilgis Alexander. You know, the ball doesn't have to be in his hand um, very often. So, all in all, still a good pick, but I definitely expected Kuminga, and I feel like Kuminga was the better option to go with. But, you know, Josh Giddy may prove me wrong. I like I like Josh's game, though, but that's what the Thunder took. With the seventh pick, the Golden State Warriors take Jonathan Kuminga. Love this pick for Golden State. Love this pick. I'm glad they jumped on this opportunity to get Kuminga because I felt with Kuminga playing in the G League um, leading up to the draft, I felt like it was a lot of pressure on him to be pretty much the number one guy, even with Jalen Suggs being there, even uh, even with um, Dacian Nix being there, even with Isaiah Todd being there. Jonathan Kuminga was seen as, okay, you're going to be the number one guy for this squad, even with the NBA vest that was there. So, um, it, you know, Green probably surpassed him. With, you know, his play in the G League, Kuminga seemed as a guy who, you know, is still raw and a raw talent. But going to Golden State, he won't have that type of pressure on him to be the number one guy. You playing alongside Steph and, and, and Dre and a returning Clay, you know, he'll just be able to slide into the role that they want him uh, in and just, you know, thrive, you know. There's going to be so much attention on, of course, Draymond and the and, and Clay and the Steph that he slots his role in, in, and just can play basketball, man. And uh, I think he's going to thrive, um, you know what I'm saying, years down the line. It's a perfect system for him to grow in in Golden State. So great pick by Golden State. With the eighth pick, the Orlando Magic select Franz Wagner from Michigan. Good pick, man. Good pick, but uh, definitely expected um, James Booknight or Moses Moody right there. 
Uh, nothing wrong with Franz Wagner at all. He's also a guy, a wing, um, that can play defense, can score on all three levels. Very good defender, honestly. You know, long, rangy type of guy. I believe he's about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, long wingspan. Can defend one through three, possibly one through four as well. So, all in all, still a good pick and a good, you know what I'm saying, a good solid player to throw alongside Jalen Suggs and, you know, Jonathan Isaac over there. Building a nice defensive front there. So, good pick. <clears throat> With the ninth pick, the Sacramento Kings select Davian Mitchell from Baylor. I like Davian Mitchell. I believe he's a great player. Just doesn't believe. I, I I just don't believe that he was the best pick here. I expected Franz Wagner to go here. I expected, you know, the Kings to take him to improve with their wing or, you know, the wing and guard. I wouldn't say wing and front court spot, you know. Of course, Mitchell may have been the best available guy, but in that situation, when you look at your team needs, you don't go after the best available guy. Um, when you pretty much got your backcourt, uh, tightened up, you know, last year you took Tyrese Halliburton, you still got De'Aaron Fox, Halliburton showed you that, you know, he's got some promise, so I just really don't understand the David Mitchell pick, it's not that bad of a pick, but I just felt like the Kings could have took somebody else, you know, um, Zaire Williams was out there, um, Jalen Johnson was out there, it was wings that you could get and front court players that you can get to improve that depth, um, they just didn't go that route, so, don't understand it, but happy for David Mitchell. He's been drafted. With the 10th pick, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zaire Williams, but the trade rights go to the Memphis Grizzlies. So, really, the Grizzlies take Zaire Williams. Um, I like the pick. Didn't really understand it at, uh, either. Uh, pretty much after after the Magic took Franz Wagner, I knew then. I said, okay, this will be the um, the trend in, 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 in a short amount of picks where a lot of them aren't going to be what we expected in our mock drafts for those of us who make mock drafts. I didn't expect Zaire to go this high. Uh, still a good pick all in all, but like I said, man, with that pick going to the Grizzlies, a James Buchnight is still out there, man. You know, a James Buchnight is still out there. Um, a Moses Moody was still out there. Um, Corey Kispert was still out there. You know, it was, it was, it was definitely some good picks out there. Um, Zaire Williams is not a bad pick at all, though. I just don't know how he'll fit with that Grizzlies roster. I just felt like, you know, still, it was a better pick to be made. But all in all, Zaire Williams is a guy, 3 and D, can score all three levels. But he has the issues of staying healthy. And that's why I feel this way about the pick that I do. Um, just health concerns. But um, when you look at that Grizzlies roster as well, Everything pretty much goes through Ja. You get another guy who can score the ball with him. Uh, you get a healthy Jaron Jackson back next season. You know what I'm saying? Things can still go very well for this team. You know, they win the play-in tournament. They play very well in the play-in tournament also. So, still a good pick. Just felt like it wasn't the best available pick. Next on the list, man, the Charlotte Hornets with their 11th pick tank. James Booknight. Thank you, man. James Booknight. Is that special to me? I feel like he's that special um, of a player. And him falling to Charlotte, man, shout out to Michael Jordan because, you know, Mike has been, he's taken a lot of criticism about his GM role and, and how he's uh, built that Charlotte team. And right now, Mike is doing, he's on, I mean, he's on the road of to 
success. I mean, he's really, really building his young core out there. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, all he, uh, all Mike is missing is just throwing in veteran leadership there. And maybe one piece away, I feel like, you know, Mike can definitely just focus on building that young core. You know, you still got Gordon Hayward there. You still got Terry Rozier there. You may miss, maybe missing just one more vet over there. But you throw in James Booknight over there with with the Terry Rozier, with the LaMelo Ball, with the Miles Bridges, you know what I'm saying, P.J. Washington. Good pick. You know, not even a good pick. I feel like it's a great pick because Mike and those guys in Charlotte took the best available guy. It's James Booknight. Imagine him in the backcourt with Melo this coming season. It's going to be great, man. With the 12th pick, the San Antonio Spurs select Josh Primo from Alabama. Let me pause my music real quick. Nothing against Josh Primo. I'll take a sip of this water as well. Nothing against Josh Primo. It just wasn't the best available pick. And especially for a team like San Antonio, who missed the playoffs, who missed the play-in tournament. You've been struggling these last two years. With the talent that was still on the board, I it, it was an unexpected pick. I expected Jalen Johnson to go there from Duke. I felt like Jalen Johnson was a guy who pretty much kind of fit that San Antonio style and the things that he needs to work on. I feel like you know what I'm saying Greg Popovich and the system that he has set in San Antonio would would have been perfect for a guy like Jalen Johnson, a wing forward type of player who can impact the game on a different level. I feel like that was a guy that popping those guys would have, you know, wanted. But all in all, it's not a bad pick. Josh Primo is a very good shot creator. Makes some very good shots on all three levels, really from that mid-range area. Good player. Just didn't believe he was a lottery pick, a lottery player. You know, it was still... It was even some front court guys that, you know, popping those guys could have took and, you know what I'm saying, ran with that. But, hey, it is what it is, man. Let's continue, man. Let's continue with the draft. <clears throat> with the 13th pick, the Indiana Pacers select Chris Duarte from Oregon. So, if you were watching the draft, you know that uh, Josh Primo was the youngest guy in the draft, and then the oldest guy in the draft gets taken. You know, pretty cool there. But Chris Duarte, man, from Oregon, solid player, um, underrated defender as well. Shoots the three ball very well. He's a very efficient shooter. Um, good, solid player, you know what I'm saying? Kind of reminds me of Brandon Roy in a way as far as his journey. You know what I'm saying? Just taking, you know what I'm saying, three to four years in college to build your game up, and now you're ready to make that transition into the NBA. Uh, very skillful guy. I feel like Indiana's a good, you know what I'm saying, place for him. Definitely expected Zaire Williams to, you know what I'm saying, get taken around this time. Didn't expect him to go um, as early as he did, you know, going about three or four picks before him. But, you know, it's a win-win whether they got Zaire at this point or whether they got Chris Duarte. Uh, so, good pick for all. Indiana, I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't expect Chris Duarte to be a lottery pick either. But I feel like he was, you know, a mid to late round pick. Still, you get a good player there. With the 14th pick, the Golden State Warriors select Moses Moody. Thank you, Golden State, once again for taking a good, solid player who I felt was the best at the time on the board. 
off the board. Man, Golden State has done a very good job with their two picks that they've taken already in this draft. Moses Moody was the best available guy, you know, somebody who can shoot the ball very well. He's a very solid scorer, and when you think about where he can fit in with this Warriors roster, pretty much kind of the same with a um, same with the Jonathan Kaminga. It's not a lot of pressure on him. Won't be seen as a number one guy, but the most important thing is you slide in over here and you just do what they ask. You know, you slide in and you play your role. And you know what I'm saying? Him and Jonathan are in a very solid, um, very solid situation and a very good situation to be playing alongside Steph, Clay, and Dre. So, I mean, Golden State, great pick, man. What can I say? Now, with the 15th pick, the Washington Wizards select the best shooter in the draft, Corey Kispert. Love this pick for Washington, man. Definitely expected Corey Kispert to go uh, 10th, I believe, uh, when the Pelicans had that pick. But, you know, they did trade that pick off. Uh, got Jonas Valachunas, uh shipped off Stephen Adams and uh, Eric Bledsoe in that pick. I feel like Corey Kispert would have been perfect for <clears throat> the Pelicans system uh with them needing somebody that's gonna you know really just stretch the floor shoot the ball very well you know what i'm saying stretch the floor space the floor all of that but the wizards get them now and uh man they got them a very good player not only is Corey kiss but just a shooter decent defender pretty good defender that can improve and you know still you know you catch him out on fast breaks he, you know he's not afraid to go at the basket so very good pick also for the Wizards, another small break, man. And when we come back, man, those are our top 15 picks. We're going to get into these important picks and the sleeper picks from this draft, man. Stay tuned. All right, man, let's finish the last part of the draft picks, and then we'll get into... The team grades for a select few teams that um, I picked out of the bunch uh, that I definitely just felt like needed to be graded and needed to be, you know what I'm saying, talked about as well. But let's get right into the important picks and sleeper picks. With the 18th pick, man, the, uh, the, the, excuse me, the Oklahoma City Thunder selected Trey Mann from Florida. Love this pick for Oklahoma City because Trey Mann is that good of a baller, man. 6'5 guard, can play, you know what I'm saying, the one and the two, and it's just... I love the pick because it adds to the depth uh, for, you know, the Thunder and what they're trying to create there with, you know, Shaw being their centerpiece and their guy. So, Trey Mann's another guy, you know what I'm saying? Solid playmaker. Very, very, very good shot maker, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's just another guy that can take some of the load off of, you know what I'm saying, Shaw, and, and he just fits into that system, in my opinion, very, very well, man. With the 20th pick... <clears throat> The Atlanta Hawks took Jalen Johnson. Out of all, out of the majority of the picks, I love this pick the most. Not because Jalen Johnson is a Duke guy, not because I'm a big fan of Jalen Johnson, but it's because of what the Hawks have created and built within these last two or three years. The Hawks have done a phenomenal job of building their young core, and you get somebody like Jalen Johnson, uh, a wing forward type of player who can handle the rock, athletic, can defend, you know what I'm saying, really two through four, really three and four more than anything, 6'10", athletic, 
great pick, man. You know what I'm saying? They just added to that young core, man. And and anybody that doubted the Hawks young core, I mean, they showed all of us, you know what I'm saying, that their young core is a force to be reckoned with with the pieces that they have built around their young core as well. With the 33rd pick, the Orlando Magic took Jason Preston from Ohio. I love this pick because of what I've seen from Jason Preston in the tournament, but I love this pick more because the Magic do not have the trade rights to Jason Preston. Jason Preston's going to the LA Clippers. Now, I really love this pick for the LA Clippers because it adds depth and young talent for them now. And I mean, the Clippers roster all in all is a very good roster. You know what I'm saying? Um, most likely they'll be bringing Serge Ibaka back. I believe he's picking up his player option to return to the Clippers. Didn't really see him in the playoffs due to um, injury, but I mean, you've seen Paul George balling, and and you just add somebody like Jason Preston there, six four five, six four six five type of guard, young talent man, very good pick. With the 40th pick, the Pelicans selected Jared Butler. Love this pick. Would have loved it for the Pelicans because it looks like Zoe might be on his way out of the door as well. But I love this pick more because this pick was traded to the Utah Jazz. And uh, it just, once again, young talent, very young talented player. Didn't know why Jerry Butler even fell this far in the draft. I feel like Jerry Butler was a lottery pick or a, or a mid, you know what I'm saying, just outside of the lottery type of uh, pick. You've seen what he was able to do in the tournament and the uh, championship game against Jalen Suggs and the uh, and the Zags. Jared Butler's just that good of a guy. Great defender, great ball handler. Uh, very good at, you know what I'm saying, setting the table for his teammates. So, the Jazz getting that pick, putting him alongside Donovan Mitchell. You know what I'm saying, if they can bring Mike Conley back. You know what I'm saying, expect, you know, Mike Conley to take him up on his wing. You know, Jared Butler's in a very, very good um, position to start his NBA career. With the 48th pick, the Atlanta Hawks, once again, adding to that young core. They took Sharif Cooper out of Auburn, man. You know, Sharif Cooper at Auburn had similar numbers to uh, Trey Young when he was at Oklahoma. You know, of course, I believe because of his height and his size that uh, Sharif was going to fall. Didn't think he was going to fall that that low. I felt like he was a first-round talent, man. Um, but with the way that the league is, you know what I'm saying, moving with the, you know, with bigger guards, I expect him to fall. But all in all, he's still a talented player, man. Still a very talented young player. Uh, runs the fast break very well. Uh, finds players very well when they're cutting. And, you know what I'm saying, you just improve on, you know what I'm saying, his his, his shooting. You improve on that. Improve on his scoring. Sharif Cooper's going to be all right, man. He's got Trey Young to, you know, definitely look after him. And Lou Will. Lou Will's getting a little bit older, as you know what I'm saying, also. So getting a guy like Sharif Cooper. Great pick, man. With the 51st pick in the NBA draft, the Memphis Grizzly. The Grizzly selected Brandon Boston Jr., B.J. Boston, out of Kentucky. Definitely, definitely surprised me that he fell this low in the draft. I understand he didn't have the best college career, neither did Jalen Johnson and a few other guys. But it doesn't take away from how talented B.J. Boston is, but I love this pick not because he's going to Memphis, because this pick has been traded also, and it's going to the Los Angeles Clippers, man. Great pick for the Clippers, because I feel like they have their core and what they want to build with. Kawhi wants to come back. You still got Paul George. 
Um, Serge Ibaka wants to come back. Now you got your veteran players who are, you know what I'm saying, efficient, who can produce. You know what I'm saying? Those are your vets that you go to. And you think about a coach like Ty Lue, what he was able to do with the team. He did a very, very good job of building this team. And you add a Jason Press in there, and now you add a B.J. Boston there. Build that young core up, man. Build that young core up for, you know, some just in case for when something happens like, uh, you know, Kawhi getting injured. You know, you have young players to build on. They have a Reggie Jackson, and uh, Terrence Mann was very good in his playoffs. Uh, great pick, man. Way to trade for that, man. Uh, they did a very good job. And um, with the 36th pick in, um, in this draft, the Thunder selected Miles McBride. Uh, from um, wow, my mind just went blank. Um, wow, really just forgot what school Miles McBride went to. But more importantly, he's not in college anymore, man. He's now a New York Nick. That pick was also trading, and I love that pick for New York because when I watched Miles McBride play against uh Kay Cunningham and seeing you know how uncomfortable he made Kay at times. Very, very good, stingy, stingy defender. He's a very good offensive player as well. So I love that pick for. Him. Uh, the Knicks because they needed somebody in the backcourt who can definitely play some defense, man. So, great pick for um, New York, man. So, uh, what we finna get into is these team grades. We're gonna get into these team grades, man, uh, with some of the teams for the picks that I couldn't get to and, and didn't get to, man. <clears throat> we gonna jump right to them, man. I'm gonna uh, jump right with the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets have a few picks. Uh, they had a few picks in this draft and didn't understand why a team who's contending for the playoffs, hold on, why a team, <clears throat> and, you know what I'm saying, is playing for a title more than anything, had multiple uh, picks. I believe uh, Brooklyn had about four or five picks. Um, they didn't do very bad with those picks, but I just didn't understand it because, it, you know, you're getting guys who really aren't going to see the court. Um, so I give them a C minus just because, you know what I'm saying? They took a lot of picks on, on, on players who, who they probably won't even play very often. You know, there were solid, you know, decent picks where they were able to grab these guys that just don't know if they're really going to play these guys because I, uh, I believe that they want to bring Blake back. I believe Blake wants to come back. Uh, don't really know about DeAndre Jordan. I know they added some depth into the front court, but you know we'll see. I know that they are centered around their big three, uh, getting them healthy, keeping them healthy, and, you know, making a run at a title. But still, I just feel like it was unnecessary picks uh, for the guys that they may keep. You know, who knows? They keep these picks as well. But uh, gave them a C minus, man. For the Atlanta Hawks, man, I give the Hawks a a, a B plus. I know. By the way that I sounded with the picks that they took, you know, you probably thought I would give them an A plus, but you know, I give them a B because they took, I took, I feel like they took the right guys at the right time. Uh, didn't have a lot of picks uh, either, but with the picks they did, they capitalized off of them. You know, uh, they already, you know, what I'm saying they added to their already solid young core. So, in my opinion, good draft uh, from the Hawks. The Charlotte Hornets, man, I give the Hornets an A-plus, man. I feel like they added key ingredients to them building their young core. You got Melo. You got 
a young player like Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. Uh, you got your vets over there, but you're building that young core. When you look, when you think about P.J., you think about Melo, think about Miles Bridges. Now you add Kai Jones and James Booknight to that uh, young core. Perfect, you know what I'm saying? Perfect players to have there. Um, definitely, definitely happy for them with that pick, man. The Pistons, man. I'm giving the Pistons an A-plus, man. I'm giving the Pistons an A-plus as well. Not just because they, you know, had the number one pick and they got the best player in the draft. That's not what it is, man. I'm giving the Pistons an A-plus because not only that, they added some, you know, some good supporting cast for K. Cunningham. You know, uh, <clears throat> you getting... You're getting your centerpiece guy. So that that's already jumping you up in my grade scale to about a B plus. But with the way that K Cunningham plays and what he brings to the table, the type of player that he is, I'm giving him an A minus. Now with the guys they added to the um roster with Isaiah Livers from Michigan. He had injuries, but very solid player as well. Um, and then you got Luca Garza, who, you know, was very great in college as well. Um, it's just somebody who can build, you know, that can definitely be built in the NBA system and grow and thrive. So nice supporting cast that they drafted with K. I'm giving them an A plus. Next on the list, man, is the Golden State Warriors. I'm giving the Warriors an A plus. Also, man, they they added young talent to go along with their uh with. Their centerpiece was uh, Steph and Dre and the returning Clay. They had a great young talent. I mean, honestly, you know, with the picks they got, you know, Moses Moody and uh, Jonathan Kuminga. I mean, what more can you ask? Well, those are, at the time that they were taking, they were the best available players, in my opinion. So, very, very solid, man. Uh, next on the list, man, is the Houston Rockets. I give the Rockets a B plus. They, they had a good variety of depth. I feel like... Outside of Jalen Green, it could have been better players that they could have took, but they still took good players. You know, it, it, I feel like it was better players out there, but, you know, it's a good variety of depth that they added to that, you know, that roster with Kevin Porter Jr. and John Wall and Christian Wood. You add a Jalen Green, who's going to be your centerpiece guy. Um, Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba, you know. <clears throat> good solid pick, man. Very, very good solid pick for him, so... Good draft for them, uh, for them as well. Also, man, the the Clippers, man, I give the Clippers a um, a B because although they got B.J. Boston and Jason Preston, they're building a supporting cast, you know, uh, with young talent. Now, we've seen what B.J. Boston did in college; it wasn't what we expected from him. So he has to definitely show us what he's um, able to do. They also was able to get Keon Johnson, who uh, posted the uh, highest vertical at. At the draft combine this year. You know what I'm saying? BJ, Keon, Jason Preston, very good players, still kind of raw talent. So I definitely have to see them uh summer league. And then, you know, of course, when they get to the league and they're playing with the best players in their world, you know. Uh, but all in all, man, still a good solid draft for the Los Angeles Clippers. Next on the list, man, the Oklahoma City Thunders. I'm giving the Thunder an A, man. I'm giving Thunder an A. They also added a good variety of young players um, to go alongside their centerpiece, which is Shai Gilgis Alexander. I know um, they may have been looking for, 
you know, trades for Shaw, you know, to get higher picks. But all in all, I believe that the Thunder believe in Shaw. Uh, and they and they showed that with the guys that they drafted. Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Vanderbilt, Aaron Wiggins, a solid 3 and D guy, building that young core over there as well uh, with a good variety of players uh, that can help take the load off of uh, Shaq Gilgis Alexander. And last on the list, man, the Sacramento Kings. I'm giving the Kings a C minus, man. Like I said, you know, during, uh, you know, when I was going over the the picks. Nothing against David Mitchell, man, but I just felt like they needed to add depth in that front court and wing positions. They really didn't do it, you know. They 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 have a solid core with their back court with um, D.A. Ren and Tyrese Halliburton. I just didn't think with the pick that they had that they should have went with a um, guard again, but. That is it for my draft recap, man. I hope y'all enjoyed that, man. Let me know what y'all think about, you know, this year's draft. And uh, right after this break, man, we're going to jump into the NFL news that we have. And then last will be our UFC segment. Stay tuned once again. Callaway Sports. All right, man, let's get into our NFL segment. I know it's been a long time, you know, without covering some NFL news. Hadn't been a lot that I really just wanted to throw into my episodes. That was just very solid besides the Aaron Rodgers news. That was the last one. Uh, But I'm coming back to you with more Aaron Rodgers news. Aaron Rodgers is reporting to camp for the Green Bay Packers, and it has been reported that he is all in with the Packers for this season. I believe he signed a one, maybe two-year extension with them. And uh, Aaron is ready to get to work, man. Uh, <clears throat> I know for Packers fans, that's that's a big, big weight off of their shoulders, you know, not knowing if, you know, uh, Aaron was going to sit out this season or, or, or if he was even going to play this season. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is all in with his Green Bay Packers. I believe when a guy like Aaron, who's done so much for a franchise, um, <clears throat> comes, you know what I'm saying, puts his hat in and, and lets you know that, you know, I'm here, I'm ready to win. I believe that brings, you know, just the team up. And, and I'm pretty sure that his teammates and everybody on the offense is very happy. And, you know, everybody on their coach staff is very happy to have their franchise quarterback back. Next man, Xavier Howard wants out right now, man. He is requesting a trade from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he says that, you know, he's unhappy. Uh, one of the reasons he is unhappy is because he wants his – contract reconstructed the contract that he signed i believe about two years ago only bad thing is man uh xavier howard is a great defensive back if you don't know who, who xavier howard is man go check the film on the guy he has led the league in interceptions uh over the last two or two or three seasons with, with like 17 uh but uh he, he wants his contract re- reconstructed because i mean when you're a top db you know what i'm saying you feel like you should be paid like one only issue with that is that Xavier Howard has four years left on his contract still. You know, he's got four years left on his contract. So I doubt that they may reconstruct it the way that he wanted to. I doubt if they do it at all. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't want to be a party pooper or anything like that. You know, he's been at camp uh, working with the team. So he says, you know, best part about it, you know, he's still having fun with his teammates. So, obviously, he doesn't want to be uh, a nuisance or a problem at camp. Uh, He's there to work, and he's unhappy, but he's still putting the team first, which is 
okay with me. You know, I understand why he want that contract reconstructed still. I uh, just don't think that it's going to um, happen. Also, man, speaking of contracts, Nick Chubb, running back for the Cleveland Browns, signs a three-year, $36.6 million extension, man. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league. Happy to see him get paid. Um, good money as well. Um, but um, at, as far as the Browns go, it's very solid to keep somebody like Nick Chubb uh, around as long as you can. You know, there's some with the way that he plays, the impact that he has on that team. Gotta keep them around, you know. You gotta keep special players like that around. And last for our NFL uh news, man, coming out of Baltimore from my Baltimore Ravens. We just signed Justin Houston to to a one year deal. I like this pickup uh for us. Uh, losing Matt Judon, you know, one thing about Baltimore, they love to keep pass rushes there, you know. Uh Justin Houston, even at this point in his career, uh where he may be, you know, not what he used to be. Still a very solid pick, man. Still a very solid pick to get Justin Houston. He's somebody that can do what, you know what I'm saying, do his job, and that's rush the quarterback, stuff the run, and we know in Baltimore, we love to do that. So, good solid pick, man. And uh, last on the list, man, it will be our UFC segment, man. Stay tuned, man. We're jumping right into it. Let's go. All right, man, we'll be wrapping up right after this. There will be no spotlight athlete on this episode just because of the bulk of the episode being the draft recap. But, man, uh, for my UFC fans, for my mixed martial arts fans out there, AJ McKee defeated uh, Patricio uh, Pitbull last night to become the Bellator, Bellator excuse me, featherweight world champion. Got him out of there in the first round, but... Uh, Amanda Nunez is out of her title defense uh, next this Saturday versus Juliana Pena. Uh, she tested positive for COVID. I'm pretty sure that Dana White and those guys, <clears throat> Sean Shelby, all those guys are gonna definitely work hard to you know get that rescheduled within the next you know month or two. I'm pretty sure that those ladies were working very very hard, training very hard. Uh, Juliana Pena is pretty much the only girl uh, Amanda hasn't beaten. At 135, so definitely was eager to see that one. Sucks I won't see it this weekend. Very good call, you know. Derek Lewis and Cyril Game is headlining that, but Amanda Nunez is out of her title defense against Juliana Pena. Usman versus Covington two is a goal for UFC 268. Um, I don't know the venue or the details of the venue. I believe UFC 268 is almost like November, like early November. But the rematch is a go. Uh, Covington gets his uh, his chance at redemption against uh, Kamaru, the Nigerian Nightmare Usman. The first fight was fireworks. Didn't sell very well, but it was fireworks. Um, and, uh, you know, I expect this fight to be the same. Um, just two guys, two wrestlers who can strike. Usman striking has gotten a lot better since that fight with Covington. And he was able to finish Covington in the first fight with, you know, in my opinion, solid striking but he's a very good striker now i mean it showed with his knockout against masvidal what he did to gilbert burns so uh definitely uh definitely fight to watch out for and a card to watch out for because also added to that card justin the highlight gaethje versus iron michael chandler man they've kind of been going back and forth in the media Michael Chandler saying that, you know, Gaethje has turned down the fight two or three times. He's been wanting to fight Gaethje since he signed with the uh, company. And now uh, Gaethje says, you know, he was talking to his 
you know what. Uh, but now, time for talking is pretty much done, man. You know, you train, train, train. Of course, leading up to the fight and things like that, media and all of that, we'll hear more from them. But, you know what I'm saying, these guys have signed on the dotted line. So, all it is to it is really to fight. And we know uh, Gaethje brings fireworks and so does Michael Chandler, man, it's going to be a great fight, especially in the lightweight division to clear up, you know what I'm saying, more of that log jam. Man, UFC 268 is shaping up to be something great, man. But that is our episode, man. I thank y'all for tuning in with me. This has been the Callaway Sports Podcast, man. Thank y'all for y'all support. Thank y'all for everything that y'all do. Man, God bless y'all.